The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, it's just two Suns fans commiserating over an L. Game 4. I am sad to report that Suns and 4 is only a lifestyle we discussed it on the last episode. It is now mathematically impossible. It is now Suns in two more games. We need Suns in two more games. That's the really the new lifestyle. Two out of three. You know what I think is also kind of amazing is that colleagues are chirping my original game one video about fuck you Milwaukee Bucks. They were completely silent until last night. I wonder why. They retweeted a video that I had that went semi-viral that they were completely silent about, and now they are not so silent. And I can tell you this, when the Suns end up winning the championship, Marty, I will also not be silent. Uh, we also go over the NBA, WNBA All-Star game, which was fucking, I know you didn't see it, but it was <laughs> lit. Like, maybe one of the best All-Star games, men or women, I've ever seen in my life. Like, so, so good. So much bad blood. So petty. Like, I love petty, and the pettiness levels were at all-time highs. So, uh, also, we got some social news. We got some NBA news around the league. Aquai possibly is on the on the move. Um, and some more updates for Team USA Basketball. They continue to, even with wins, not necessarily impress. So, uh, we move on. All right, let's drop the beat, Marty. Commiseration time. Commiseration time, Marty. The Milwaukee Bucks somehow, some way, won game four. Somehow, <sighs> some way. I don't even know. Suns up nine in the fourth yep. quarter. Up nine. Yeah. While Devin Booker is on said bench. Yeah, I forget who who hit the three uh to make us go up nine. It was probably Cam. Uh yeah, at that point, I felt pretty good. Uh, weirdly, I mean, the turn. I don't know. I'm a little flustered this morning. It was just such a bad loss. Like, I knew the whole game that the turnovers were going to be such a big difference, and it really ended up being that. I mean, 17 5, that's really the only stat you needed to look at. Uh, that Zero was, transition points for uh, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I mean, they took care of the ball. We didn't really have that many opportunities. It just. Uh, yeah, no, it was tough. It was really tough. And to be up nine, especially, you know, to have that opportunity and just completely squander it. Uh, this one hurts. This one hurts really bad. Bucks had 11 steals. 11. Yeah. Suns had 24 turnovers to the Bucks five. 17. S- 17 offensive rebounds to five offensive rebounds for the Suns. 
So that's what my notes say, at least. The Suns had zero fast break points. Uh, Bridges, Bridges, Aiton, Paul, probably all worst games of the playoffs all at the same time. Um, Suns led for 38 of 44 minutes. Um, that's 38. 38 of the first yeah. 44 out of the first 40, 44 yeah, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought when it was Bucks minus four and a half and I said, let's hammer the Bucks that I could mush my way into a Suns win. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, no. Turns out they covered. It is an under city thing. There's not a, str- it is not a stranger place to play than Pfizer Forum. Like some of the weirdest games of the playoffs have happened there. Just weird. It was a weirdly called game. Oh, yeah. Like all, all the way around. It, it, <laughs> it, it, they were so inconsistent. Like at the beginning, it was like they're calling every Tiki every little tat. touch foul. Uh, and then they just stopped, stopped calling completely. Them compl- and yeah. It, yeah. And just it, inconsistency on both sides. And I know everyone's going to talk about the Booker no call. Uh, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on. There was a couple of calls on P.J. Tucker that were also sus. Even from a Suns fan perspective, I would say Jay Crowder is the best. Oh yeah, no, he's, he, yeah, he is the best. <laughs> that Con- that Connaughton one was the funniest one. Yeah, it was the where he pretended he grabbed his ankle. Well, he literally did nothing. He like did, yeah. he literally did just like just, just j- jumping on, hopping on one leg, and it looked even on TV like Pat Connaughton grabbed his ankle, but he did nothing. He just literally was just standing there. Yep. I think also speaking of the refs, like Monty Williams. Maybe Monty Williams' worst coaching performance in the sense that he did not, only in the sense, there were multiple instances where the game flipped momentum-wise because there was a bad call and it looked like there was a Crowder uh, foul on Giannis, I want to say, that was completely straight up and clean. You should have challenged one of these things. Like, this is just, there were momentum-shifting moments. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. And yeah, yeah that could have been challenged. And yeah. there was there was a few of them where I was like, oh, well, maybe he's sta- saving it for the fourth quarter. And then, then something happened in the fourth quarter. I'm like, Monty, can't, can't fucking die with your challenges in your pocket. Like, well, I, yeah, the, the ironic thing about that is... Uh, what, what I think he was probably holding on to it for was if there was a bad call that fouled Booker out, yeah. that he was wanted to keep it in his pocket for that. And then like for the Booker no call thing to happen, it actually is kind of darkly funny. Devin, Devin Booker could have had nine fouls last night. <laughs> Whatever. The fourth one was bullshit. The fifth one, I think it was out of bounds already. So like, it, 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 let's go. Well, yeah. A, they won the game. So let's shut the fuck up about it. Let's like, like, like there's no reason to but even talk funny. about it. But it's funny. It's funny. We're talking about the whole game, Marty, and that is funny. No, sure. It's funny. I, I, I get we have to if talk about it. If the Suns won and Middleton or Giannis had like a million fouls. By the way, speaking of which, Giannis, I think, got his first foul on him called like midway through the third quarter. I'm like, that's absurd. Yeah. yeah that is absurd. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, and I said this on Twitter. The NBA does need to adopt some of these FIBA rules because I feel like they are making players soft. Like Giannis is getting these calls. Like there's a DeAndre Ayton straight up where Giannis turned, spun, bumped into him and fell backwards. And that was not a foul. And it was called a foul. And I swear to God, Giannis looked right at the ref like you better fucking call that or I'm going to be fuming. Yeah, no, I just screamed like, what is he supposed to do? If if Giannis is able to just spin into a guy and get a foul, like... What do you do? What is there to do to stop that? There's nothing you can do. That, yeah, that was a shit call. That was such a shit call. Yeah. 
Uh, Giannis was 11 for 19, 26 points, but holy shit, he looked like the defensive player of the year. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, Three steals, yeah, two blocks, one turnover. I know this is like a painful conversation. No, no, we got to talk about it. The block is now an iconic moment, a signature defining moment. I don't know how you get back. I don't know. So, okay, so the play is... Uh, it was Booker. Booker lobbed mm-hmm. to Aiton. A little high, a little out. Fine. He needed to throw it there in order to avoid Giannis, Giannis mm-hmm. like yeah. block or whatever, mm-hmm. like tip away. Put it, put it, and there's like a cock back and dunk. And he's so far up. His arms are so long. It looked like no one on the planet was going to be able to block that. And for Giannis to recover, turn around, Notice that this was a lob and not a shot, and then go up and turn around, contest, and fucking tip the ball away, not fouling. It was maybe one of the most impressive blocks I've ever seen. It was insane. It was absolutely like I just, I was just in disbelief, and like it wasn't even like an anger thing, which I get really angry during games, and I, I was just like, I "What mean, do you do what? about that?" Like, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Aiden was just about to hammer it down. We were going to go up to. And that was just going to be a huge point in the game. And then just to have that ripped away. Like, I didn't even notice Giannis, like, when the pass was thrown. No. You know, like. He I, wasn't it, anywhere in the play. Yeah. He was like, defending Devin Booker. He he literally was pulling. Pull, yeah. He was, he was drawn <laughs> up towards the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get, like, too much into nerd talk. But, like, that's where he was. And for him to just look back to be like, oh, is that, shit, a, just, is that a make? Just, oh, no, that's not a, a shot. That's that's a fucking lob. Let me go up and try to grab that. Well, let me just shift my momentum completely and then just with my full reach, just go. Yeah. I mean, it's just you. You can't say enough about that. That shot's going to that shot's going to I mean, that block is just going to live forever and it should. And let's not even talk about or let's not even forget that you say shift in momentum and the dude hyperextended his knee yeah. like a week ago. How do you <laughs> comfortably and confidently like attempt that when it looked like you were night night for maybe the rest of the playoffs and you were fucking dominating to a level that I don't think we've seen. I mean, it's just, I don't know. You just put put up your hands like, wow. And that was the game. Like, honestly, that was the game. At that point, it was like, oh, well, you know, it's just. It felt, it felt bad at that point. And I knew Middleton was in a groove at that point. He was hitting all his mid range. Yep. And the nail uh, in the coffin was, what, the, 58 seconds or whatever it is, turnover. a CP3 turnover. Yep. Gross. Yep. Every, I was literally like, I was literally like, this is how I knew he was having the worst game of his life in the playoffs, is I was, I was honestly like, get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands. I don't want it in your hands right now. <laughs> I literally was like, Give the ball to Devin Booker and move away because you have you have like six turnovers tonight. He has fifteen turnovers in three games. Yeah, fifteen. He had zero for like a long stretch. Well, it, so he had five last night, and he had five, I think, in the entire Nugget series. He had like seven in the entire Lakers series. Uh, yeah, it's just so uncharacteristic. And hand uh, it to Drew. I mean, Drew made it very yeah. difficult on him, but like that was a silly fucking turnover. He was way too loose, like way too loosey goosey. He was Steph Curry with the Rock. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Drew's played great defense on him like the whole series, but uh, they actually switched Drew onto Booker. Yep. Uh, like midway through the third, and CP was still making these mistakes with Pat Connaughton on him. Like you can't can't do that. Yeah, and like people are saying they think he's hurt. I don't buy into that. Like I don't think they would hide that from people. Like I just, I just, I just think he had a, I just think he had a poor game. 
It was bad. It, it was, was re- bad. It, it was really. I mean, he's the reason we lost. Yeah, he's the he's the reason the Suns lost. It's completely on him. It's not on anybody else. Do you how how much do you think? Because to me, Chris Paul is a guy that's going to take this loss really hard. Like, yeah, go into a maybe a dark place for like a few hours <laughs> and get on BetterHelp.com. Shout out to BetterHelp.com, <laughs> uh, which we will talk about later on in the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that that was really an uncharacteristic game for him and an uncharacteristic moment. And when Devin has it cooking and you are literally a detriment to your squad, like, I don't know what to say. You know, and now the detractors will come out of the woodworks and this is, this is why we don't like Chris Vaughn. He's washed. And no, it's like, what do you say? Well, what? the fifth foul really hurt Devin. Like that got him completely out of his rhythm. I think it, it, it came with like nine minutes to go. Yeah. I think or something like that. And he, I mean, he was cooking. He had 18 points in the third quarter. He was just yeah, absolutely destroying. And uh, then he came back with like five minutes or something, and he just like, like wasn't the same. So, I mean, yeah, you want the ball in Devin's hands at that point. But, I mean, Chris has been the guy. I can't like get on him for trying to make something happen. It just he tried to he tried to cross over and he just slipped. It was I, I don't know. It's He it, shouldn't have it, been going into traffic right then. I mean, he had one defender collapsing on him and another. I mean, it just you don't have it tonight. So you have yeah. to kind of adjust. It's like when you play on a golf course and you don't have you don't have uh the tools with you in the bag. Like don't try to hit a fucking driver off the deck in the fairway cuz you're fucking don't have it tonight, Chris. Yeah. Like you just don't. I also wish they should have they would have uh I don't I don't know about post up Aiden more, but just and I know like Aiden's offense comes from like the natural like flow of everything typically, but like he had a lot of favorable matchups like on switches and stuff, and I wish they would have fed him a little more Me down too. the stretch. Plus in game three, he had a couple of uh he had a couple of like mid range jumpers set up for him that he didn't get last night at all. He played awful. He played he didn't get the opportunities, but he didn't play great either. No. Like in terms of like offensively. No, he didn't. Somebody said on he Twitter. Only six, right? Six points. Yeah. Yep. Chris Paul picked the worst time to turn into Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's like painful, but it's funny. The ones that I was seeing was, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, Booker really is the new Kobe because he's playing with Smush Parker out there. <laughs> That one hurt. He looked, he did look like prime Kobe. There was that one fall away that he had when he had like three guys draped around him on that right baseline. And it was like, oh my God, how do you make that? Well, and right when they, uh, so he was cooking. I think he, he probably had like 12 or something points in the third after scoring 20 in the first half. And that's when they made the switch and put Drew on him. And he had this one where he just like bullied him into the paint, spun and just, just like over him, hung in the air, uh, hit the, uh, uh, fall away and I was just like he just did that against Drew fucking Holiday and made it look easy yeah. like this kid is on yeah. another level it's just it, it's just crazy we got a game like that and they shot what what 40% from the field and that doesn't equate to 20 a win 20 some percent just, it's, it's, un, it's, it's never happened before where a, where a team has shot this well, I forget what they shot overall. The Suns shot overall oh, from over, the field over fifty percent, over fifty yeah. percent, and the opposite team scores less than um, their field goal percentage is less than forty, and you still lose. Like that's just not happened in a playoff game before. Really? Yeah. 
Huh. Devin Booker has now the most career points in a first in his fir- first postseason play ever. Yeah. 522 points. Suck it. I'm, I'm proud of him for that. I don't think anyone really deserves a record uh, more than that. He stuck with it. Uh, you see here, who did he pass? He passed Rick Barry, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who went to the final? I think they won that finals, if I remember right. I think so. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, good for good for Devin. It's it, The silver lining of last night is that, okay, like, stop talking shit about Devin. Yeah. He's, he's good. I had like, people in my DMs over the course of this last week telling me after Devin Booker's game in Milwaukee that he doesn't play well on the road. That he's just not good on the road. And so I must say for my boy, Mike Petrina, uh, first ever closeout game, game six against the Lakers, 47 points, 11 rebounds at Staples, game four in Denver, 34 on the road in a closeout, game four in Milwaukee, 42 on the fucking road. He is a man on the road just because he has a couple of bad games doesn't mean he's not a man on the road. So fuck everyone who doesn't like Devin Booker and wants to slander his name. And he's a fucking baby. Is he 24? Yeah. 25? 24. Yeah. I mean, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing, Marty? Um, What else do I have to say? Oh, yeah. Mikel Bridges, awful. Uh, I think this is matchups is like not good for him. I don't know. He didn't get as yeah. many minutes in game four as he has in the past. Not sure why. Maybe because he wasn't playing well. He averaged 15. Jay, Jay was playing really well. Yeah, I think he that was. may have been a Jay Crowder game. Jay Crowder has come alive since game one. He's been playing amazing. Yeah. He's been playing amazing. It's better, though. Like I said, it's better that Phoenix lost that game because Devin Booker probably had nine fouls. And that one, (laughs) there were two fouls that were so, so obviously fouls on Devin Booker. The one on Drew and then the one on Giannis, pretty much back to back and like very close to one another. No cause on either one. If Phoenix wins that game. The world comes after you and says that this was a fraudulent championship. It was stolen. I know you don't care, but let's just get the win <laughs> legitimately so that there's nothing that they can say. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I think it was a makeup no call because the four and five, I think, were a little sus. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all anyone would have been talking about. And sure, it would have been annoying, but... Um, that would be the defining storyline right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Defining storyline. And like, I just don't even know what happened. I mean, he clearly just blacked out and forgot that he had five fouls because that was a that was a wrap up. He was he literally it was he was so he was aggressive. fouling to prevent the layup. Yeah. And it's like, Devin, I wrote this on Twitter. I said, hey, buddy, you have five fouls right now. Yeah. They gave him a block on that play. <laughs> he, you know, it was funny. That's that, the funniest thing. They, they credited him with a block. He he literally on the timeout, though, this is the funniest thing. He argued for a jump ball. Oh, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, you should be fouled out right now. Yeah. Uh, Devin, he was on another planet, like mentally on another planet, because obviously he wasn't didn't have the presence of mind on either one of those yeah. fouls to say, yo, I'm out of this game. If I don't, he was like, I am st-, like where they're like, step on the gas, step on the brake. And them's like, step on the gas. Yeah. I, I forgot that he went. I forgot that he went and talked to the ref after that play. That is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, that was a jump ball. Like I should have that. It's like, bro, you should be out of the game. <laughs> you should be fouled they out co- right They now. coach him to argue. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we're sad. I'm upset. I'm so upset right now. so funny. Chris Middleton back into the prime MJ part of the cycle. God. Ugh. 
God, man. He, Every mid range, especially oh, down the street. I mean, he was awesome. He was awesome. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat. What a what a people, what a performance. Though, fourth quarter. People saying that Chris Middleton had a better game than Devin Booker. I just don't think that's true. Like, I just don't think that's true. He had more shots. He had like five more shots. He to literally get what he had, was but, prime Kobe in terms of how many shots. I think he had thirty three shots. Yeah, he did. And Giannis after the game was like, "This is the best." He was like, "You know, when the game's down the line." I just want to give the ball to Chris. Like I just and give, he does. That's and what he does. Yeah. I just trust Chris. And Chris in Milwaukee delivers. I think Chris Middleton is trash on the road. We'll see. We're gonna I, see. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tempt fate with that one. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the series it's 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 a two out of three now, and uh, two of the games are in Phoenix. Suns and two. Yeah. Suns and two more. Suns and two more. Life is full of stressors. For folks who love to gamble. And folks who love the NBA right now is a time that's very stressful. Uh, the over did not hit the crisp uh, the Devin Booker and Suns win prop also did not win. That was a bad loss. And when these stressors come your way, anxiety hits, depression hits, an, an alarming amount of sadness waves over your body where you don't want to get into a little hole. You want to just eat. Whatever your comfort food is. I'm looking at you, Marty Black. What is your comfort food when you're sad? Uh, chips and salsa. Chips and salsa. Oh, wow, that's an interesting one. I'll just devour it. Just devour. I love flaming Hot Cheetos. Extra hot flaming Hot Cheetos. And so that puts me into a spiral. Like I eat the Cheetos. My head starts to hurt. My stomach hurts. I feel down. I eat more Cheetos. And instead of doing that, we now have a new solution, which is called BetterHelp.com. You may be feeling down. You may be feeling depressed, but there's someone for you to talk to. And when you are full fingered of those red Cheetos all over your hands or chips and salsa all over your bed, wrappers and all, you can get on BetterHelp.com without the video feature with licensed therapists who you can get your feelings out into the open, process them with a professional and you can clear your mind and be a better person on the other end. When things are there that you can't tell anyone, like what you think you'll feel if the Suns end up losing to the Milwaukee Bucks, who are probably the most overrated team to go to the NBA Finals, there's things you can't tell anyone else. Not even your dad. Not even your friends. But you can tell a therapist. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera. It's way more affordable, especially if you're gambling on these games, much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours, so before uh, game five, you can do that. Uh, Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be surprised at what you might gain from it. She might break down the difference between the offensive rebounds and the fast break points. You'll feel a lot better because the win is coming in Phoenix. The podcast right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. Our listeners get 10% off their first month of BetterHelp.com slash Trista. That's B-E-T-T-E-R help.com slash Trista. Prior to the finals, what we had was a WNBA All-Star game, but it was not like you would normally see it. And in fact, I want this to be the way that it is from now on. Like this is this is now like my shit. Okay, so you had the WNBA All-Star team versus the Team USA women's team. So it was like minus, it was the all-star team minus all the, 
players that got selected for the Olympic Correct. team. Correct. Okay. So, and the the Team USA team had everyone on it except for Tarasi didn't play. She was like wanting to load manage. Okay. And the WNBA All-Star team had everyone but Liz Cambage and NECA. So NECA's still recovering. And also, by the way, like she's trying to play for Nigeria right now, and they are being real bitches about that. Mm. NECA and Shanae and Enrique all are trying to play for Team Nigeria. And Team USA was like, no, you've got too many connections to uh, Team USA. So we've cut you. We're not allowing you to play for us, but you can't play for another country either. Are they citizens of Nigeria? They are. um, Nigerian descent? Yes. Okay. Like Bam Adebayo. Right. Damn. So it's a stress. They're now going to go into arbitration. So all of that's happening too. You had Arike Agumbawale, who is a fucking boss, get cut from Team USA, like without any fanfare pretty recently. She was supposed to be on the team. They cut her. And now she's on the WNBA All-Star Game or team. And she was, her and uh, Candace Parker are like, pissed that they're not on Team USA. And so they just were pounding the Team USA. Oh, it was <laughs> incredible. Like, there was this one point in the game where, I mean, because everybody's thinking, like, Team USA should win, right? They should win that game. Right, yeah, they yeah, They should yeah. win that game slightly handily because they're preparing for the Olympic stage. This yeah. is not uh, an exhibition scrimmage for them. They need to put it on them, right? Yeah, it was kind of like an all-star A team versus B team, right? Correct. That's what it kind of sounds like. Correct. Okay. And at this point, it's like 55 seconds left in the game. And the all-star team is up like eight. And you've got Candace Parker getting held back. She's on the bench. And she's like, you can see her mouthing, yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Like, it was incredible. The defense, you had Courtney Williams the uh, with the short little hair. She's probably 5'5". Five, five. Okay. She blocks. Uh, who did she block? Um, Asia Wilson, who's like 6'2". She blocks. I'm like, this is lit, dude. It was so sick. The level of pettiness was so wild. Insane. And they even, Arike Agumbawale had 26. She shot 5 for 10 from 3. It was just like, it was just one of those moments where everyone on that team's like, we deserve to be here. You guys should have beat us. And it wasn't close. Like, it just wasn't close. So the thing that was also interesting is uh, how this line came together. The over under on this line was just maybe the most absurdly funny thing that can happen in gambling. So like there's this sports book that's all catered for pros, right? Like they're supposed to be for the professional gambler, circus sports, right? So circus sports is like, we're going to put out the line first. We're going to set the line. And we're going to be the ones, right? And this guy, Mike, Matt met Metcalf set the line at 248 and a half for the over under mm-hmm. 248 and a half does not seem nuts considering that the last WNBA all-star game they played in 2019 was 255 points scored 2018 241 217 uh, 2017 had 251 but like this isn't the same bro like it's team USA versus the WNBA All-Star team. Like, this is bad. Hey, baby, now we got bad blood. And it was like, they were playing lockdown D. And for some reason, he just didn't, like, realize that. He just somehow just didn't think about that. He was taking only the... This is why analytics fucking suck, right? Like, you can't just take all of the previous ones, put them up in, like, put them up in your calculator, and then spit them out, right? Yeah. So then... 
you had smart betters. This is like where it gets really funny. So a bunch of sm- a couple of smart betters put max bets on the over. On the over. So that why? So that all the other books put that line either above the original line or they keep that line. So they put the max bet on Circa and then they put max bets on every other sports book uh, on the under. Ah. So they literally put like 5,000 on Circa on the over 248 and a half. And then they put like 5,000 at each sports book that has the line at 248 and a half on the under. And it's just like fucking easy money. Just, just insane. So, okay. So then... The the line dropped like 32 times before tip. <laughs> 32 times. Moving from 251, because it moved up. Like once those people put the, the max bet in at, at the over, it moved from 248.5 to 251. Damn. <laughs> All the way down to 197. From 251 to 197 in like a day. <laughs> Some books went as low as 192, which is 60 points off the opening line. And it still went under. If you say life is too short to bet the under after that, you're a fucking liar. Like, it just isn't. I mean, wow. 178 points scored. That's fucking crazy. The opening under over was off by 70 points. That's so wild. That is so wild. This is exactly why I like the WNBA because, like, no one is really paying attention. No one really knows how to book, how to, no how to, one how to really, set the lines. Yeah, yeah, no one really knows what's going on. It's yeah. like the wild, wild west. And so, the exact same reason that people don't watch the WNBA is exactly the same reason that books don't really know how to set the line. And so, then, like, people who actually watch can make shitload of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. College baseball is kind of similar, like, because like a lot of. A lot of guys just have no idea how to handicap it, and yeah, so. it's just wild. This is exactly what I like. This is exact. This is the shit that I love. Yeah. So now I think that the the women's game is going to continue to get more and more coverage. Of course, I mean we're seeing it happen more and more. But like, it's just it. It was just something to watch, man. It was just something to watch. Kawhi Leonard, like I fucking said. Kawhi Leonard, like I fucking said, as soon as they get eliminated, the world is going to know he tore his ACL. And where are we? And where are we? Kawhi Leonard tore his ACL. People don't want to believe me about my health news. Paging Dr. Trista, paging Dr. Trista. She obviously has some inside info because here he is now going under the knife. Full reconstruction. And you might say, oh, it's just a partial tear. Nope. The reconstruction is as happening is the exact same amount of it is if he was going to go under the knife for a full tear. Whew. That is brutal. Kawhi Leonard has now the ability to either opt in out of his player option or continue along his merry way with the Clippers organization, basically missing an entire season. And if I was a betting woman, which I am, I would bet that Kawhi Leonard is going to stay in L.A. and completely eliminate himself from L.A. and just get rehab on his own and test free agency in 12 months from now. The very earliest the Kawhi Leonard can play basketball is seven months from now. The earliest he will be able to actually play basketball live on a competitive setting is nine months from now, which puts us in April. And April is the beginning of the NBA playoffs next year. And all I have to say for Clipper fans is rut row. 
Man, is there a more misunderstood player in the NBA than Russell Westbrook? Like People hate him for, I don't know if there's a reason, but they hate him. They believe things about him that just plain are not true. Probably one of the more polarizing figures in the league. People constantly downplay his greatness, saying, oh, he's just a professional stat getter. He's not a good teammate. He'll never win a championship. (laughs) And when all of those tired criticisms become easily disprovable, people find another little whack-a-mole to hit. And now I want to say Russell Westbrook has another feather in his little cap on top of beating the triple-double record. He is now an Emmy Award-nominated filmmaker. Just another thing that he's done. Back in Oscar season, this is the difference between Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. When Oscar season rolled around and Kevin Durant won an Oscar, it was like, Kevin Durant wins an Oscar EP of Two Distant Strangers. Kevin Durant is EPing a movie that is about social justice. Kevin Durant adds another thing to his list. And then it's like, this move, this documentary comes out on the History Channel and nobody even knows until it's nominated for an Emmy. The holy shit, Russell Westbrook has EP'd this thing. And that's the difference. Kevin Durant wants everyone to know what he's up to, wants everyone to love him, wants everyone to praise him. And Russell Westbrook's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm always going to be a villain. Fucking hate me now. Hate me later. Hate me till the end of time. But I'm fucking great. The thing that was interesting, though, is why Russ decided to make this movie, which is about the Tulsa City massacres. Tulsa burning 1921 race massacre. So the only reason that he made this doc was because he spent 11 years in Oklahoma City where he was drafted and had no idea that this massacre even took place until he played there. He said the Tulsa race massacre was not something I was taught about in school or was in any of my history books, which is crazy. It was only after spending 11 years in Oklahoma that I learned of this deeply troubling and heartbreaking event. This is one of the most overlooked stories of African-Americans in this country that deserves to be told. Man, is that not so Russ under the radar? making moves, doing great things for his community, and not giving a fuck if anyone knows or if they don't know. Fucking love him. Fucking love him. Could anyone, what was it, three years ago, predicted Lonzo Ball could possibly be an L.A. Laker again? I think when he got traded out the door, everyone was like, bye-bye, see you later, happy to have you leave, go to whatever shit franchise we decide to trade you for. They got AD back as a king's ransom, and they were like, thank God we got that fucking bust off of our roster. Thank God LeBron James doesn't have someone like a young pup, and now he can bring in a seasoned veteran and get rid of Lonzo and all the rest of the kids like Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram. And Laker fans were happy, and LeVar Ball was not happy. I think he cursed the Lakers and was like, you'll never win a title. He did the Dan Gilbert thing. You'll never win a title now that you've traded Lonzo Ball. Like the basketball gods are in favor of where Lonzo Ball plays. He said he was happy it was New Orleans because there's jerseys say no L.A. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So this all started to percolate. Because the latest rumors are now putting Lonzo back in Los Angeles, either with the Clippers, but most importantly now with the Lakers. It all started the rumor, that's not really a rumor, that Lonzo Ball is not going to be coming back to the Pelicans because he's played so well that the Pelicans are so fucking cheap that they're not going to sign his qualifying offer. 
numbers being thrown around around 17 to 21 million and there's just no chance the Pels are ever going to pay him that. So there's Chicago, there's New York, a bunch of other teams have interest, but now apparently Marty the Lakers do too. What? Lonzo back in LA? Okay, so this is what the news is saying. One, LeBron's business partner Rich Paul is now representing Lonzo Ball, which is a surprise because I thought LeVar Ball negotiated on Lonzo's behalf, but apparently no. They are clutch sports athletes. And two, LeBron James and Lonzo get along, apparently. Three, Lonzo has talked about how much LeBron James has taught him about navigating stardom in the NBA and what it's meaning to be a phenom and coming in with all of these expectations and the light so bright in a city like LA. But more from a basketball perspective, Lonzo Ball has greatly increased his game. He is now one of the more reliable three-point shooters available on the market for point guards. He is three and D. He's 6'6". He can play make. He can defend. And it allows LeBron James, who is father time, is catching up with him, does not need to be running the floor like a real point guard, puts him in the block, puts AD at the five, lets them play in more natural positions, and gets fucking Dennis Schroeder all the way out of there. All the way out of there. And then the biggest, well, not the biggest, but another big factor that you must take into consideration in Los Angeles is, of course, money. Lonzo Ball is going to sell some fucking jerseys. It's like, coming home, I'm coming home. Lonzo, back to L.A. a second time. Bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. He's here to bring LeBron another chip. That was that's That's my pitch, at least. That's my pitch. That's all the time we have. Uh, please subscribe, please rate, please review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It makes a huge difference for us. We have uh, Sons and Four merch, which is a lifestyle. Sons and Four merch is a lifestyle. Uh, that is on the Barstool store. Don't forget to follow us at, at This League and at Trista Crick on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we'll be back. What time? When will we be back? Monday. We'll be back Monday. That just one game from then to now. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We'll be previewing game six. Previewing game six and post viewing game five. <laughs> post viewing game five. Uh thank you for listening. Tune in Monday afternoon for the next episode of This League. The bigger they come on, the harder they fall. It's time to risk it all. Say hello to the big dog. Say goodbye to all the frogs. Keep it a hundred, keep it a hundred, keep it a thousand. There's certain people that we don't allow. No, 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 po, po. No, 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 po, po. You a slow po.
brisket just to get a biscuit. Biscuit. How many licks does it take to lick it? She wanna lick a trapper, but she already done licked the rapper. Oh my, oh my, so fly, so fly. Three six mafia, I stay fly, I stay fly. Quality just to get by. I want it all, not a piece of the pie. Everybody eats, everybody, and we keep all of the receipts. We eating good, we living good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.